Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. Power. Because when I've got a vision of the kingdom of God, it will cause me not to get so caught up, so messed up by all the things that's going on around us. Ooh, I, I still got time. Lord, I got time. So, and then he talked about the third thing was the patient endurance. So he talked about tribulation, which is pressure. He talked about kingdom, which needs to be our focus in the midst of tribulation. Because when the kingdom of God is my focus, and I'm not focused on all this other stuff, but I'm focused on the kingdom of God, then it will produce a patient endurance. And listen to this. Patient endurance that Paul was talking about in this passage of Scripture. Do I need to read it again? Have I done lost you there? You fine? Well, I better read it again anyway. In, in verse, uh, verse 9, John, John said this. He said, I am your companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ. I am your companion in tribulation and the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ. This patient endurance, and I want you to catch this. You might look at somebody and say, that is the most patient individual that I've ever seen. People can stand in their face and just, just jaw them out, and they just stand there. And we call that patience. But that's not what this word is talking about. This word is talking about, it is not describing an individual who passively submits to the flood of events that the enemy uses to produce tribulation in their lives, but it is a description of a person who possesses a spirit of courage and conquering, which causes them, even in the midst of the worst of the worst suffering, to be transformed, that the glory of God comes out even in the worst of times. You missed that. You, I'm going to have to repeat that. We're going to have to revision that. Because it is, and, I, and John, listen, John is writing this vision, and Jesus Christ is giving it to him through an angel. And he's talking not to the heathen and not to the lost man, but he is talking to those who supposedly know who he is. And so what John is saying, that in the midst of your tribulation, 
Y'all better get this. I'm going to come out there. All right? In the midst of your tribulation, put your eyes on the kingdom of God. But in the midst of the tribulation, with your eyes on the kingdom, don't just sit back and be slapped around and be ruled and and controlled by the environment around you. He said, that is not the patient endurance that I'm talking about. But the patient endurance that I'm talking about is put yourself in a position that you can draw a little fire every once in a while. Put yourself in position that you get out on the edge every once in a while where you're talking about Jesus and you know it might cost you, but you're going to talk about him anyway. You, you get yourself in a position where you say, well, it might cost my job, but I I would rather not have a job than to not know about Jesus. So it puts me in a position. I'm not just patiently and passively enduring what the devil is throwing at me, but I'm going to stand up. I'm not going to be some crazy flake somewhere, but I'm going to stand up and I'm going to say in the name of Jesus, the God of all gods, I come against that. I'm not going to just sit down and say, you can't tell me I can't talk about Jesus. You can't tell my child they can't talk about Jesus. You can't tell my child they can't wear that T-shirt because I know better. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not the church passivity that is going to bring victory to the church. But it is the church being engaged with Christ in such a way that we refused to allow the enemy to throw everything imaginable at us and we don't say anything. I remember the illustration, and, and I can't remember the name of the illustration, and so I'll probably kill it too, but I'm going to give it to you. It was back uh, during uh, Hitler's reign in Nazi Germany uh, where the, the pastor said uh, they, they came uh, for... Uh, these little organizations first and nobody said anything. They shut those down and nobody said anything. And he said then uh, they came uh, for uh, uh, the Jews and nobody said anything. We just stood by and watched as they began to uh, take the Jews and put them in prison and things such as that. And he said by the time they came for me, by the time they came for us, it was too late to say anything. So understand, ladies and gentlemen, I believe that God has given us a window of opportunity. We've had a window of opportunity where we've seen things turn around in favor of Christianity. We've seen rulings and things being turned around that has allowed the gospel to be freely 
talked about and spoken about. And we're in a window of opportunity, United States. We're in a window of opportunity, McCullough Christian Center. We're in a window of opportunity at Moore, Alabama. We're in a window of opportunity, Monroeville, Alabama, that we have a, an amount of time that has been given to us by the hand of God that is allowing us to freely talk about Jesus and make strides and 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 I'm so excited about this conservative judge that, that has just been nominated. I'm not getting political and all of that, but that excites me because it lets us know that in that window of opportunity, we took advantage of an opportunity during the lifetime of that opportunity to do something that was going to make a difference down through the generations. Wait, listen, listen to me. But if we sit back passively and say, well, it's pastor's responsibility. If we sit back passively and say, well, it's that Sunday school teacher's responsibility. Then we're going to miss our window of opportunity. Can I admonish you today? Don't be passive. Stand up. Stand up. Pray. Let God use you. Become a, a beacon of light. Become a salt shaker. Well, what are you doing, Sister Lynette? Nothing. Just shaking out some salt. Well, baby, I don't understand what's going on in the house. Just seems like Nothing working right and, and all that. I don't understand what's going on. I do. I'm just shaking some salt out in the house. I still got a lot of time. Now listen, I want to real quickly get to this. John had this vision, and it was on the Lord's Day, and we're going to talk about that Wednesday night. Uh, it's, it's very interesting, but, but I just don't have time to go there this morning. But he, he was in the, vision, in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. In other words, he was inquiring uh, about the mind of God, and, and, uh, and God began to show him this. And I want to read you this that he saw because this is what uh, I want, want us to see this morning. John said this. He said, uh, <clears throat> after uh, this voice uh, as of a trumpet in verse 10 uh, spoke to him uh, saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Uh, and he said, and he gave him some, some instructions about the seven churches of Asia uh, John said in verse 12, he said, I turned to see the voice uh, that spake with me. And being turned, he said, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle, his head 
and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. Who was he talking about? He was talking about Jesus. He was talking about the Alpha and the Omega. Remember what we talked about Wednesday night about the symbols that coincide with each letter of the Greek alphabet? And Alpha, the symbol for Alpha is a lamb, and the symbol for Omega is a lion. You see, so what, what John was seeing was he was seeing the Alpha and the Omega. It was a vision, and this is what I want to leave with you this morning. Listen, if, if we could get the vision that John is seeing there, we could get the picture of what John is seeing, seeing the Son of Man, Christ. And you can also find in Daniel chapter 7, and I don't have time to go there this morning, but we will go there Wednesday night, Lord willing. Uh, Daniel chapter 7, verses 9 through 14. Daniel had a vision that was very similar to what John saw in the, the book of Revelation. But he saw the Son of Man clothed with a garment uh, down to the feet. And that, that, that garment that Jesus had on was a picture of the priestly character of who he was at that time. He had overcome death. He had defeated death and hell and the grave. And he had taken his own blood and presented it before the Father in heaven. It was that blood through and through that blood that this, the, that remission of our sins would come. The Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So Jesus took the blood that he shed on the cross and presented it to the Father, and he said these words, Father, it is finished. I have accomplished that for which you sent me to earth to do. And so we see him standing there before John with this beautiful white robe of righteousness on, standing there in his priestly uh, uh, position uh, and as the risen Lord. Girt about with a golden girdle about his chest, and, and and Lord willing, we'll talk about that later on. And his head and his hair were white like wool, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His eyes were were burning like a flame of fire. And what is that? That is the penetrating vision of God that was standing there before John. And he said, I saw those eyes, and those eyes penetrated they pierced down to my soul listen that is a reason ladies and gentlemen that you might think that nobody knows and nobody sees but can I tell you this this morning that one with eyes as a flame of fire is still standing this morning and he is searching to and fro over the earth and he sees every detail of who you are and of what you are can I tell you this morning that I believe that he's looking into your heart today and my heart and he's searching the hearts of men and women he had the eyes like a flame of fire and feet like brass his voice was this the sound of many waters and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword which is the word of God
and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. Isn't it amazing that God is appearing to men and women today through dreams and visions, many of which have not ever even heard of Jesus, that have never read the book of Revelation, never read about this vision, but yet God is appearing to these people in this same similar form clothed in white, glowing with his head and his hair white like wool, that's standing before them saying, I am Jesus, I am the way. Isn't that amazing that God is doing that, ladies and gentlemen? And you and I have the opportunity to sit here today and you can listen to me describe who he is. So what are we going to do? Here's what John did, Revelation chapter 1 and verse 17. John said, and when I saw him. Look, look at your neighbor and say, when I saw him. Look at your other neighbor and say, when I saw him. When I saw him. Now, I want you to get that when I saw him. You see, I told you earlier, we've got to have an encounter with God that causes our eyes to cease from looking down here, and we begin to look upward. When I saw him, John said, when I saw him, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. In other words, he took my breath away. It was similar to what Miss Judy did about 38 years ago. Because some of y'all wasn't understanding what I'm saying, so I'm just trying to clarify it so you'll get what I'm saying. Something that takes your breath away. Something that causes your knees to buckle under you that you can no longer stand up on your feet because you have, saw some, you have seen something that has been so magnificent, so powerful, and so transforming that you know that this will mark the rest of your life, that you will never be the same again. Oh, but pastor, uh, worship team, you guys go ahead and come. Uh, those of you that are going to be baptized, you can go ahead and, and get ready uh, and, and just meet me in the gym, uh, at the, the stage in the gym. We're on our way. We, we've landed. We're, we're taxing to the, to the uh, thing there, and we're going to be done here in just a minute. But I want you this morning to understand the need to have a revision of Christ. And you might say, well, Pastor, you don't know where I am and you don't know what's going on in my life. 
I'm not talking about what's going on in your life. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about the individual this morning. And I'm asking you this question. Have you ever had that encounter with God that has so radically changed your life that your life has never been the same? You see, I believe that that's what God is wanting. And, and understand this. It is not about your Pentecostal experience. It is not your Baptist experience or your charismatic experience. This is about Jesus. This is about the Christ, the Son of the living God.